0: Amen. All right. So, my God, it's your heart. Something you need to do, you mind, Lord, this thing. it. Amen. Amen. Somebody else tonight? All hearts free. Thank your Bible to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter number one, Revelation chapter number one this evening, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I really, when I left this, this afternoon, um, I had every plan of preaching through the rest of chapter one, and uh, got in my office, got to study a little bit, and it seemed like the more I looked at it, the more it changed, and uh, if the Lord help us, I'd like to preach about four or five more verses tonight. And at some point, we'll have to pick it up a little bit. Uh, but I, I'm really interested in this introduction of the book of Revelation. This seems like this. Uh, a lot of things we skip over sometimes. Uh, but I, I'm going to read the first eight verses to you. And then, uh, if the Lord help us, I'd like to preach uh, maybe verse four down to about verse eight. All right? Uh, when you find a place to stand with me, if you can enable in and honor and reverence in the reading of the word of the Lord. The Bible said the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. Notice verse 4. Draw to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace be unto you, peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come. From the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, first begotten of the dead, prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 7, the Bible said, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see it. They also which pierce him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I should do love you tonight. What I pray, help us we study your word together. Give us clarity of speech, clarity of mind. What I pray, give us understanding. Be with us tonight. Lord, I pray, illuminate our hearts, the truth of the <coughs> word. We pray, meet every need represented. We'll in the midst of all without you. Save them so It's everlasting too late. We'll be careful. you all know, we'll praise all the honor and all the glory. For we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen. You be seated. And thank you for standing with me tonight. Now, I'm not going over everything we did last week or Wednesday. Uh, if you remember, we looked Wednesday night at the first three verses. We, that was our intent. Uh, I told Kevin on the way home, I don't know how we ended up chapter four and chapter five and all that we ended up looking at. Uh, but we looked at the first three verses. We began to see a few things about, uh, this book of the Revelation. It's the Revelation of Jesus Christ. We we'll see that in verse one. Uh, it was given to him by God to give to his servants. He sent, signified it by his angel under his servant John. Uh, we talk about the perception, and we see that John's viewpoint bleeds through from time to time. Now, verse 4, um, some interesting happens. John begins to uh, address the book, if you would. That's always important when you're looking at the study of a book of the Bible, any book of the Bible. Uh, you must know who it was written to. Now, I'm going to make a statement. Hear me out before you get too upset at me, Okay. Not all of the Bible, John, was written to us. Was all written for us, but it was not all written to us, isn't that right? I'll right. uh, give you an example. Uh, let's think about it. Uh, the book of First Kings, Jessica, really was not written to us. It was written for us. It's profitable to us. The Bible said all scriptures give inspiration of it's profitable. For doctrine, for direction, instruction, righteousness, and thank God, be perfect. Third, the person of old It is profitable to us, but it will not necessarily addressed to us. It's a, we can learn from it. We can uh, there's insights, but it was not necessarily to us. But here in our in our text in chapter four, notice who John's writing to. Now he has a little bit of an introduction. He us it's an unusual book. It's unlike uh, most other books. It's dealing with things which must come to pass. We saw that last week. But then verse 4, John begins to address the book, and he says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be in you, peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Book of Revelation, with all its mystery and all its uh, intimidation, we talked about that Wednesday night, it it simply tonight is a church epistle. John plainly said in verse number 4, John to the seven churches, he wrote it. Uh, well, I told you, I believe Wednesday night in your outline, you'll see it in chapter two and chapter three. There are seven churches, seven, the uh, seven churches in Asia Minor, seven literal churches. We we'll talked a little bit about that. how that you looked at them, uh, practically, you looked at them, uh, personally, you can look at them prophetically. We'll deal with that in the next few weeks. But John addressed the entire book to these seven churches which are in Asia. Now, we are not get upset about that. The book of Ephesians. Was Paul was writing to the Ephesian church? He addressed it to the Ephesians, but we understand it's profitable to you and I that it it, it, it encompasses us in some ways. It is a church epistle. It is where we get our doctrine. It's where we get our, where we get, uh, our stand. So the Revelation the same way. It is a church epistle. Now this is understanding uh, is essential to the understanding of the, of the book. It was not written to the Jews. Three times people: Jew, Gentile, church. It's not written to the Jews. Some, a lot of your Bible is written to the Jew. In fact, some of your Bible was written to the Gentile. And then there's a, major, there's a section of it, Chris, that's written to the church. The book of Revelation is a church epistle. It's a dress to the church, if you would. That's, that's vital to our understanding. We're going to learn in the book of Revelation. We're going to learn about the Gentiles, what the future holds for them. We'll learn about what it holds for the Jew. But we must keep in mind that it's written uh, expressly to the church. So that'll be important as we go through. Notice verse 5 and verse 6 quickly. We'll come back to verse 4 in a few minutes, but I want you to notice verse 5 and 6. The Bible said, and from Jesus Christ. Can I point something out there quickly? I may not hoop and holler as much as I did Wednesday night, uh, but I'm going somewhere. And from Jesus Christ. In verse 4, John gives a description uh, of one, he said, uh, grace be unto you in peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, verse five, and from Jesus Christ. He differentiates. He lets us know that verse four is not talking about Jesus. It's talking about God the Father. So this book, this John writes to the seven churches, he says, grace be unto you in peace from him which is, which was, which is to come from seven spirits before his throne. He's saying God, God has given this book, we saw that last week, that God gave it to Christ, Christ gave it to John, God gives it to us. Now, John's saying that God is sending grace and peace through this book and from Jesus Christ, watch this, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, washed us, notice that, loved us, washed us, see it's written to the church, you see that? Uh, that that doesn't apply to the Gentile. That doesn't apply to the Jew. That applies to the church. He, uh, while he did love the Jew, he did love the Gentile, but he washed us, the church, in his own blood. Verse six, and hath made us. There it is again. Kings and priests under God and His Father. To Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. All right. So we see the recipients in verse four. Uh, he it. He tells us who he's writing to. We see the recipients. Notice in verse five and six the Redeemer. We see a few things that John points out about Christ in verse five and six. Notice, we first of all, what the Bible said from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. Now, there's a list going up over here of different uh, names, different attributes, different. What's the word I'm looking for? Different uh mannerisms maybe would be the right word, different characteristics of Christ that uh John's gonna to listen to us. He's writing to the church. Uh notice what he said, who is the faithful witness, that the faithful witness he John said he is the faithful witness. And uh can I say this? That lets us know tonight. It refer it uh reaffirms in our heart that his word is true and can be trusted. Isn't that right? Uh, now, I mean, that's not, that's not a complicated phrase. If you, uh, if, if we were to go outside tonight at the church and, uh, somebody come up from this way and somebody come up from this way and brought, they run headlong into each other and had a wreck, they would, uh, hear we, somebody call the law and the cops show up and, uh, one of the first things they'd ask is, who's seen what happened? Who is a witness? Isn't that right? And, uh, they, they tell me that it early really is not as, uh, Really, as effective as you think to have eyewitnesses. I so say the stories very widely that uh, you may notice one thing, I may notice something else, I may say it's this was false. you may say it's that one's fault. But there, there's different witnesses. But John makes sure to let us know he is the faithful witness. His word is true, it can be trusted. What he says is right. That's what John's just saying. He's a faithful witness. Now, not only that, but those Bible bibles, not only be a faithful witness, But the Bible went on to say that he and and the first begotten of the dead. Not only is he a faithful witness, he's the first begotten of the dead. Uh, That lets us know tonight that his power is proven uh, in his death, burial, and resurrection. John said he's not just a faithful witness. It's not just that his word's true, but he said he is the first begotten of the dead. His power was proven in his resurrection. Now, I, I said a little bit about that. You go all the way back in the Old Testament. There were men, women, boys, and girls that Noah were raised from the dead. Uh, you go, Kenny mentioned it this morning, John chapter 11, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Uh, he was not the first to ever resurrect, but he was the... First begotten of the dead, he was the first to resurrect from his own power. He was the first to resurrect himself. He, oh, that by the way, that first time begotten of the dead, that lets us know that there's more yet to come. I don't excite you just a little bit. Uh, he's not the only begotten of the dead. He's the first begotten of the dead. He is the first fruits. There is a, there is a harvest yet to come of the resurrection. That he uh, proves his power to us that he, not only is his word faithful and true he can be trusted but his power is proven in the fact that he is the first begotten of the dead not only that I want to say this he is the foremost of all the kings watch what your bible said in verse number 5 uh, and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth that word prince in verse 5 literally means to be chief of ...or to be the commander over... I, 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 ...I said it like this... ...He is far superior... ...to the best that the world has to offer... ...what John was saying was this... He's, ...He's a faithful witness... ...you can take Him in His word... ...He's uh, the first forgotten of the dead... ...His power has been proven. Then though no, ...He said He's the prince of the kings of the earth... ...John said... Uh, ...You take the greatest of the kings there's ever been... Uh, ...and Christ is over them... ...He's far superior... Uh, To the best that the world has to offer. He is superior. I want to say this. He is sovereign. We realize he is the son of God. Uh, So we see he's the faithful witness. He's the first forgotten of the dead. He's the foremost of all the kings. Notice what he said in the letter part of verse 5. And the prince of the kings of the earth. Now watch this. John said unto him that loved us. Washed us from our sins in his own blood. And it's made us kings and priests for God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So uh, I can't remember if I told you not, we, we saw the recipients in verse 4 in verse 5 and 6. We see the Redeemer. He's the faithful witness. He's the first begotten of the dead. He's the foremost of all the kings. Then I want to say this. He's the forgiver of sin. Isn't that right? John said in verse 5, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood uh, he is the forgiver of sins notice a few things that John uh, said about him being the forgiver of sins notice his passion in verse number 5 John said unto him that loved us we mentioned that uh, this morning the Bible said we love him because he first loved us Romans five eight said, but God committed His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us. Aren't you glad He loved us this morning? That this evening, what a blessing it is, know that when we were unlovable and unworthy, that He loved us. We didn't love Him, yet He loved us. Y'all notice the passion that He had. Now, unto Him that loved us, notice the possession. You say, preacher, what do you mean? The Bible said, unto Him that loved us and washed us from our sins. What his sins that he died for is our sins that he died for. He, they belong to us. Uh, he loved us so much that he died for our sins. They belong to us. He paid the penalty uh, for our sins. We see the passion of possession. Notice the price. You say, Preacher, what did it cost him? The Bible said that he washed us from our from our own sins in his own blood. That's what it cost him. Uh, the Bible said, I believe it's over 1st Peter, that uh, for as much you know not ridiculous things such as silver and gold, uh, uh, from vain conversation, he follows fathers. He went home to say, "But with the precious uh, blood of Christ, what a price that He paid! He washed us, He cleansed us from our sin uh, in His own blood." Notice, the, not know the price, but notice the producing in verse number six. The Bible said, "And hath made us kings and priests unto God." His Father. Not only did He love us, not only did He wash us in our own sin, our sins up. Uh, in his own blood, but not only did he pay for it with his blood, but I want to say this the Bible said he hath made us kings and priests. Now let me say this. You see in these verses once again he's writing to the church that watch what your Bible said, unto him that loved past tense us, and washed past tense us from our sins in his own blood, hath past tense, made us kings and priests unto God and his father is past tense. These things have already happened. To those that John's are writing to. We see the producing. Uh, He took nothing and nobody. According to John, he had already made us kings and priests unto God. What a blessing that is. If the Lord help us one of these nights, we'll talk a little bit uh, about the reason that we've been made kings and priests. We don't have time to do it this evening. Then those up for verse 6. John said to him, be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Only thing in verse numbers five and six, the only characteristic, the only uh, quality, if you would, the only thing said about Christ, John, that is not in the past tense. What's what your Bible said, verse number five. <coughs> Unto him that loved, past tense. Loved us and washed, past tense. Us from our sins in his own blood and hath, past tense, made us kings and priests from and God his Father. To him be future tense. In fact, not so much future tense. It's almost a present future tense. John said from right now on, unto him be. Unto him be. From right now on, unto him be. Everything else has been past tense. Everything else has already happened. Everything else has already taken place. But John said in verse number 6, unto him. The Bible said verse 6. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Notice with me if you would the praise. What John was saying was this. Simply put, John was saying, because of all he's done for us, because he loved us, uh, uh, because he watched us in our, from our sins, because uh, uh, all these things that he's done for us, all of this that he's done, uh, because of what he's produced in our life, the change that he's taken place. John said, we ought to praise him from right now on. He's worthy of our praise, uh, that him be glory and dominion forever and ever. John said that. Uh, uh, forever and ever and ever will be enough. Forever and ever we ought to praise. Amen. Then John, under inspiration of the Holy Ghost, said amen. That means of the truth. That's right. them right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you would, in verse 7. I spent most of my time here probably tonight and uh, then I, I, I'm really not going to be very long. I, I'm going to let you out early tonight. Probably verse 7. John said, Behold, do you, do you see the change? Can you see it? About he tells us who he's writing to. He tells us grace and peace from God the Father. Oh, can I say this? Always like that 90% of the time in your Bible, grace and peace from God the Father. The, I think I've mix it before. must experience grace before you never have peace. Is that right? yeah. Now, in verse 8, verse 5 and 6, he tells us about Christ. He tells us that he loved us. He washed us from our sins. Uh, he hath made us kings and priests. He's worthy of our praise unto him be glory and dominion forever and ever, amen. Then all of a sudden in verse 8, John said, Behold! Whole thing changes. Whole chapter shifts in, in verse number seven. Behold, John said, What's this? He I'm talking about the one he's been talking about. Cometh with clouds. And if we look he talked about that a little bit this morning over there. Uh when he's talking about the rapture, he about how that uh we meet him. Uh, in the cloud. We meet him in the air. Now watch this. Every eye shall see him. They also which pierced him in all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, John says it again. Amen. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to give you some homework, alright? No, I'm going to give you homework. We'll pop food. Verse 7. Brother well, Kenny did a good job this morning dealing with the rapture and the return of Christ. Verse 7, dealing with the rapture or is it dealing with the return Rapture, right. I okay. cover. Because it comes from the files. Okay. Who agrees? Raise your hand. Any opposed? half of them both. <laughs> All right. They're the ones you study. We're gonna put we're gonna study crosses. it's a real good example. But we'll have to learn to put things where they got. I don't think that ugly, but the, the biggest calls are a false doctrine that comes the end time prophecy is just not putting things where God. Gotta have a timeline, gotta have things in order. For example, Kenny talked this morning about uh, post-trio and pre-trio mid-trium. That's not even getting into pre and post-millennial, on millennial, and mid-millennial, and there's all kinds of doctrines we can talk about. We may talk about some of those ones time. But the result, the reason all those doctrines exist because we fail to put things where they go. Right? can be hard sometimes. Like I told you uh, at the very beginning that it's almost like a jigsaw puzzle. You got this piece, you got to put it, you got to see out right where it goes in the big picture. So it's a good example. Let's look at it together and see, see if we determine for sure where it goes. Alright? Look to verse 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds. Alright, now Noah said that that reminded him. This morning Kenny said Jesus was coming in the clouds. More I'm more go shoot myself in the foot. I put more emphasis on that behold, he comes with the clouds than I meant to, than I wanted to on purpose. I want you to notice that. Okay? Let me ask you a question. Two returns. Well, when, Right. Well, the rapture and the return. Okay, that's how we going to it. Rapture and return. Noah, you told me to go. a minute ago. He raptures the church, he's coming with the class, is that right? All right, how's he coming back when he returns when he returns? I believe in the class. How? So, I think I'm actually wrong. I think mm-hmm. I am actually wrong. <laughs> coming back on a white horse, right? But he's coming, God said, I saw heaven open. Alright? And behold a white horse coming down out of heaven. I'm not real smart, but he's probably going to come by the mm-hmm. glass. Is that right? Yep. Now I'm not good at, it. I, I, I good at it. I don't want to say it. I do not think I've smart head. I did it on purpose. No, I did on purpose. It wasn't on purpose. Mm-hmm. But I, I want somebody to say it's one of my directors. Because they say easy to get mixed up. Let's look at the context of the verse. Let's look at it together. Let us see the Bible. I'm back here my okay, over Let me see you Verse number seven. Hold it down for the clouds. Watch this next phrase. And every, every eye shall see him. Now, when he comes to the rapture, not everybody's going to see him. All right? He's going to call the church out. We're going to meet him in the air. So shall we ever be able to not Amen. Right? Verse seven. <coughs> I hold a comes to the class. Every eye shall see it. What's this? And they also which pierced. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's talking about the Jews. Yeah. that's right? Mm-hmm. this Jews cried out, "Crucify!" I realize there's a Roman soldier, Nancy, that pierced him on the side, but it's the Jews put him on. The, well, I should say they put him on the cross, but he allowed them order to put him on the cross. Yes. That right that's all about Jews. He's not coming for the Jews when he ratchets the church. coming for the church. Alright? Yeah. What's well, this? They also pierced him. Now what's this? In all kindreds of the earth, who's that talking about? Three kinds of people. How Gentiles? Right? All the other nations, they that pierced him, that's the Jews. All the other kindreds of the earth, that's the Gentiles. What's this? Uh, and all kindreds of the earth shall what? Wail because of what? Yeah. Because of him. Well when, when he comes to get me, I don't know what you're going to do, Chris. But I ain't playing on wailing. Well no. Yeah. Alright? I don't think it's going to be anguish. I don't think it's yeah. going to be torture. I don't think it's going to be punishment. I think we're going to be awfully glad to see. Don't you? All nations of the Lord shall wail because of him. Now watch this. John said, even so. Amen. Is that right? Talk so about the return of the Lord. Now, stay with me. Word of Revelation chapter 1. I, I, I brought, y'all looking at me like I'm trying to be mean to you. I'm not trying to be good to you. I'm just trying to show you a point. Keep in Word of Revelation chapter 1. Chapter 2, Chapter 3 is the churches. Is that right? Chapter 4 is the of the church. But here in chapter 1, verse 7, we see the return of Christ. Mm-hmm. But then that doesn't mean he's going to return before the church is over. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's not going to return to the end of the tribulation period. What's sure, what, Tom said, behold, he cometh with that. He didn't say when he's coming, he just said he's coming. Yeah. Right? I told you when we started, it's not always written in chronological order. You might be talking about one thing, talking about something else, you might be talking about something else, go somewhere else. It's not always written in the chronological order. But he's talking about the return. I, about, I can't remember the Bible. Here you go. <laughs> talking about the return. Talking about the return of Christ. Now, let's play a few things quickly. I haven't done most of them, but let's do it anyway. Uh, notice, uh, he cometh with the clouds. Many read that portion, verse 7, dealing with the rapture of the church. We examine the whole portion of Christ, when say it's not the case. Clearly the claims that I shall see him they also with pierced him. Uh, let's see. When it talks about, oh, here's the earth shall well because of him. Oh, can I say this? We realize that the rapture on every eye will see him. He ain't come for the Jews, not come for the Gentiles, but rather to catch away his bride. It's a private ceremony. Isn't that right? Yes. Is that right? Yeah. He's not biting everybody. Is that right? Yeah. Don't fall out with me. Right. Maybe y'all did, but when we got married. When we ever got married, we wanted to get married so bad. Well, everybody told us we ought not do it. They said that uh, we'd never be able to fit all our family in there. So, but it was important to us. We, we wanted to. We. Uh, that's what first place we went to church together. I, I preached my first message there. We grew there. We—it uh, was important because we want to be married at Welcome View. Now I remember they told me if you want not get married at church, go somewhere else. But that wasn't my church. I went to—I want well, to get married at Welcome View. So you know what I did next? I just didn't invite everybody. <laughs> 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 what the you I just didn't invite everybody. It was a not not really a pride, It wasn't just else, but early, not everybody came. Not everybody knew about. It. That's how that's how the rapture is going to be. Everybody had ain't goal, Contrary to what some may think, that uh, it's, he's not going to take everybody and then judge them and sit them uh, here saying, "Oh no, there's going to be something left behind." That he comes to catch away his bride. Isn't that right? And yeah. He's not for the Jew, not for the Gentile, He comes for his bride. So we see that then every, all the nations of the earth, all the kindreds of the earth that live the Bible sin shall wail because of it. What happens, now stay with me. What happens at the return of Christ? Not the rapture, but the return. Let's same about what happens. Churches rapture today. Seven years of tribulation period. Ten tribulation period. All the what? Nations of the earth gather against Israel. And when it seems like all hope is gone. Christ, the sins out of heaven. Noah coming with the I'm just thinking. Sins <laughs> out of heaven And the feast of the beast, a false prophet, and what else? The Gentiles. All that right. That's all the way back, Daniel chapter 2. That rock, that stone knocked out, and hands rolls in that mountain, smite sins on feet. That happens in his repair. All right on well, that day Revelation 1 said that all the rivers shall walk on the now listen I'm not being ugly when I say this I don't mean this cold heartedly God I'm not saying I, I desire for anybody to be there but it seems to me somewhat feeding all the nations that have denied him all the nations that have pushed him away all the nations want nothing to do with him and that day all the for what he owns belongs him. And the truth of the matter is, their punishments just. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Talk about the yeah. return. So we see, we see the Redeemer. We see His return in verse number seven. Let's see if anything else we want to say about uh, them. You to the third Christ in the tribulation, period to take the beast, false prophet. Which time to also defeat the Gentile nation of the world? That's the end of the times of the Gentiles. We've looked at that over the last several weeks, and then he'll begin to he'll establish his millennial reign. Now, when studying prophecy, uh, we must ensure that we're putting things in their proper place on the timeline. Now, I don't, I don't mean that. I promise you, I, I, I feel like you think I've been mean to you. I really don't mean to. I'm not to the other to But what I'm saying, Chris, is this: I've seen people take that and put it out of place. And it, if you get that out of place, nothing else falls in the place. So if you put the rapture of the church before the rapture of the church is, well, the rapture of the church is what kicks off all these other events. Mm, yeah. We've got to put it where it goes. So I'm saying, so it's not talking about the rapture, it's talking about the time. All right, let's look at verse number eight. Boys, what's the Bible saying? Notice, uh, stick with the illiterate outline, I kind of got a kick out of this. Notice his. Resume. They said, for sure, what do you mean by that? Another change happens in verse 8. John tells us that he's coming back. He tells us that all the nations of the earth, every I'll see it. All the kings of the earth will well because of it. Then in verse eight, if you've got a red-letter Bible. It's not John talking, it's the Lord. Alright? What's what he says? I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end, saith Lord, which is, which was, which is to come. The Almighty. Let's look at His resume. Notice number one: He is self-existent. Bible said, "I am Alpha and Omega." Alpha is the first letter in the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter in the Greek alphabet. What he's saying is this: He's signifying that he is the first. Oh my! What he's saying, John, is this: He said, "I am Alpha." One of his "I am" statements. Now we ought to study that sometime. The "I am" statements of Christ, Gospel of John, few in the few in Revelation. Thank you. Can go all the way back to all the way back to the Old Testament. Find some "I am" statements that he made. But he said, I am Alpha and Omega. What he meant was this. First letter, last letter. None before. What he was saying earlier is I am first. And there's none before. What he was saying was this. That one of the strongest debates today. One of the biggest controversies concerning Christ. Is this. That he is. Even those uh, that believe. John. that, That would say to some degree. That they believe he is the son of God. They believe that he is a created being, that at some point, God made created him as a son. In fact, I hate to even tell you this because it makes me sick to my stomach, but the argument behind it is that Christ and Lucifer were both created beings. Lucifer is a created being. They believe that he created two sons, Christ and Lucifer. There was a sibling rivalry, and that created good and evil. Pogwash. Yeah. All right? What did he say? I am out, what he said, he said, I am first, and there's none before right. What he was saying was, nobody created me. All right? There was no one before me. In order for there to be a creator of Christ, then there had to be someone before Christ. Right. All right? I, you cannot take woodwork in you know. there. Whatever you want to talk about. You can't create something. That if there's not somebody there to create. Isn't there, right? it had to be. Had to be somebody before. He said, I am out. Done before me. He is not a created being. The Bible said in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Isn't that right? There never was a time Christ was not. He's been as long as God has been. And God always has been. There is no... There is no creation. He always has been. Now, notice this: he had no creator. Why? Oh, like this, though. Had no creator. That's not all that he said. He said, "I am Alpha. And I am Omega." Omega's the last letter of the alphabet. There. I am. What he saying, Chris, is I am first. There was none before me. I did not have a creator. I also, Daniel say, "I am Omega. There will be none after me." Right. What he's saying, Earl, more than just a couple of letters. What he's saying is, "I am first. There was none that created me. And I am Omega. And I am last. There'll be none to overthrow me. Yeah. And will That's Right? Fair, right? Yeah. He's self-existent. He is dependent on no one or anything." Is that right. Yeah. Listen, you create something. I don't care what it is. You create anything. You, uh, Kirk, if you, uh, if you had the ability, and you may, you may. I know I don't, but you may. If you had the ability to fabricate every part yourself so we'll and make a vehicle, that vehicle is dependent on you. Mm-hmm. For lack of better words, don't fall out when to say this. Me and my wife, in, in some ways, I think I think God, God. I'm saying that, but some ways, the way the world would think, that we we created those two boys together. You know what? They're What? Uh, they're not self-existent. They did not come to the world on their own. And they can't live on their own either. Yeah. They're right. Christ was said, there was none that created me. I, I thought not depend on a creator. That didn't after me to overthrow me. I, I'm not dependent on them. He's, not, he's self-existent. He needs none to survive. He does not need me. He does not need you. He is uh, self-existent. He is Alpha and Omega. Then notice what Else he said in verse number eight. Not oh, only say I'm Alpha and Omega. He said, I he said in verse number eight, notice this. I, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. Now you say, preacher, isn't that the same thing? Well, not exactly. In, in the first part of verse 8 he says he's Alpha and Omega none before and none after and he's self-existent but then he said I am the beginning and the ending saith the Lord he I want to say do long as he's self-existent but I want to say this he is eternal he has no beginning for he is the beginning and what did he say yeah. what's what he said he didn't say I am from the beginning he said the beginning and the ending <coughs> he has no beginning for he is the beginning of all things Uh, He'll have no ending, for He is the ending. And I want to say this, it's by Him that all things consist. You say, I don't know about that. Colossians 1, verse 16, listen to what your Bible said. Verse 16 and 17, For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him, listen to this, for Him. What about that? Verse 17, and he is before all things. That makes sense. If he created all things, and all things were created by him, for him, he'd have to be before all things. Right? Listen to this. And by him, all things consist. What he's saying is this. In verse number, verse number eight, he said, I am the, begin- the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord. What he's saying is this. I had no beginning. I am the beginning. Now you say, Preacher, I, I just can't wrap my mind around that. Well, God, God is not defined and, and, and confined, I guess is what I'm trying to say, by time like you and I are. We, we joke a lot and say that. Somebody come out and say, uh, well, preacher, you've preached a long time. You're you're like Pharaoh. You don't know how to let God's people go. And we'll say, well, it's all the Lord's time anyway. But the truth the matter, Kirk, is God does not look at time like you and I do anyway. He's not confined by it. You and I can somewhat look back and remember our past. But sharing the farther away we get from it, the fuzzier and hazier that gets too. We very much live in the present. We're very, I mean, listen, we changed our time by an hour last night. And it's got every one of us messed up. Every one of us thought perhaps it's messed us up. An hour. 60 minutes. Is that right? But God is not confined by time the way that we are. He sees all time at all time. What about that? He sees, Nancy, the return of Christ as good as he can see. The, as good as he can see the birth of Christ. He sees John when we've been with him for ten million years, as we would think. As good as he sees right now. In fact, do you realize that he not only does he see all time, but he's present in all time? Yeah. Now, the Lord knows you and I base everything off time. We had a whole deacon's meeting for what an hour and a half this afternoon, and all always talking about we setting a schedule for what we're going to do next year. Set, trying to set a calendar for the things that we do next year. Now, some of you going not want that. I'm just going to say I'm not going to give it to you because it changes a million times between now and the time it gets here. But we got an outline for us, for me. But we, we're consumed with time, and the Lord realizes that. So while He had no beginning, there was no beginning. You with me? He always was. Never a time. I'm struggling. It's hard to explain what I'm trying to say. Never a time he was not. There in the text, he says, the beginning. What he's saying, Lydia, is for our benefit. He said that he was what began everything we know. He is the beginning. Glossin said, all things were made by him, for him. By him all things consist. Alright? He's the beginning. <coughs> what happened in Genesis 1 1? The Bible said God said, Let there be life. John 1, the Genesis of the New Testament, refers to Christ as the word, the spoken word. God said, The Bible said that all things were made by Him. God spoke, and Christ is the expressed will and word of God. So all things were made. He said, he said, uh, sharing that all, that He is the beginning of all things that we know. That's not all that He said. The beginning and the end before Genesis one Well, in fact, before. Before God put the sun in the sky and the moon and separated darkness and night, the Bible said that the that the, that the uh, evening was, that the darkness was called evening, night, the uh, the light was called day. Before then, John, there was no time. That began, time. Is that right? But there's coming a day where time will cease to be. Is that right? Revelation 21 and 22, those seven new things. God said, I saw a new heaven, a new earth, a old heaven passed away. You know all that. that. That begins, we're not going to call it heaven. I'll get there when we get there, but we're not going to call it heaven. We're not going to say we're going to spend eternity in heaven. We'll talk about it when we get there. We'll it, I promise you, we'll talk about it when we get there. Here's what we're going to call it. We're going to call it the eternal state. You know why I believe bro, that's the best way to call it? Because there'll be no time. Right. Time will cease to be. Now that does not mean that that we won't be. That doesn't mean that he won't be. But things as we know it will never be the same. Revelation one. In the beginning, 4 Genesis 1 in the beginning was God. All right. But we know he was, in, he was before the beginning. There was a time he was. Does that make sense? I'm trying to be hard to explain for you. Does that make sense? There was a time he was. Christ said, the beginning. Then it's also said he's the end. Okay, I tell you a secret. Never was Tommy what. Never will be a Tommy what. But he is not. Yeah. Everything. Watch this? He began everything. He put it like this. I think you'll understand if I say this. He began time. He'll end time. But he was before time. He'll be after. Amen. right? He's eternal. So said, I'll to say this. He's a time. Never was a time he was, not Never will be a time he won't be. He said, I'm Alpha and Omega, self-existent. Beginning and the ending." he's eternal. Now watch this. Watch what God says. I'm I thought I was going to let you out earlier, but I don't believe me. Watch verse 8. Bible said, I'm Alpha and Omega, beginning and the ending saith the Lord. Now watch this. Which is, which was, and which he is the God? Let me ask you a question: Does that seem familiar to anybody? I read that this week. Never have noticed this. Week. Many times I've read through this chapter. Never have paid much attention to this. And when I read that, Nancy, I thought I just read that. Where did I read that at? Let's look back with me if you would. Verse four. Now I told you a few minutes ago in verse four. John is talking about God the Father. We established that. In verse 5, he said, and from Jesus Christ. What's what we said about God the Father in verse 4? Grace be unto you, like the middle of the verse. Grace be unto you peace from him, What's which is, which is, which was, which is to come. Can I say that he is self existing? He is eternal. And I want to say this. He let us go in verse 8. He's equal with God. Same thing that said about God the Father in verse 4 said about Christ in verse 8. He which is, which was, which is God. Now that speaks of his self-existence. And it speaks just of his eternality. But what it really shows us, I believe the reason that the the Holy Ghost pinned it like he did, Sharon, it shows us that God the Father of those things and Christ is to He is the Son of God. For God, He is equal with mm-hmm. Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, these three are one. Right? Now, you say, so preach, can you explain that? Glad yes. you If you want us to go take a cup of water, a pitcher of water, a picture water. water, you want to take a girl and get three different cups, you took her one pitcher, poured different three cups. Took one of those cups, you put it in the freezer. Took one of those cups, that it on the table, to Took the other cup, you pour it in the pan, you turn the heat up on the stove. that water on. Would you agree that all three water? all are right. water? When you get some time, you pull that water out of the freezer, it's going to be water. You go over and let that water on the stove, and there's going to be water coming up off of it? And that water on the table, it's still just going to be water. All right? But if you broke it down, I know, I know, chemistry teacher, but uh, Lydia blame her. She told me today if, I, if the Lord hadn't called me to preach, she believed i had been a teacher somewhere, so I'm gonna teach you something, all right? Listen <laughs> to this. If you broke it down Wendy to its very molecular level, you every know, one of them be H, times 2O. Every one of them is the same. Mm-hmm. That steam, that ice, and that cup water. Every one of them made be the same style. Yeah. They're equal. But they're in different situations, in different surroundings. We say like this: they manifest themselves differently. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Same thing with God. Father, God, Son, Holy Ghost. All three are one. All three are equal. All my attributes are one, Father, the other. But actually, they manifest themselves in different. Forms. One God manifests in three persons. All right. That won't cost you a thing. I just, I just want to make Lydia happy and teach you something. Watch this. So he's equal with God. God the Son is co co-equal with God the Father. Then notice the latter right part of verse 8. I'll quit. said, I'm out and Omega, make of the beginning and the ending. Saith the Lord, which is, which was, which is to come. Notice his last little phrase. The Almighty. That word Almighty, this is what it literally means. I promise you. I promise you, I cannot, I cannot make this up. It's one of those times I don't do a whole lot of word studies and well I do, but I don't I don't often preach them. But I cannot make this up, John. This is literally what the word means, that word, Almighty. Literally means the ruler of all. That's what it means. You want to know the definition? It carries the idea. Of He, and I promise you, I promise you, everywhere I looked it up, that He was capital. Every single place I looked up. He who holds sway over all things. That's what that word Almighty means. What about that? John said He's, he's self existent, He's eternal, He's equal with God. And I'm going to say this. All oh, I knew to say was this He's excellent. They're right. Amen. He's the ruler of all. He's head of all. He holds sway over everything. All things were made by him for him. Yeah. that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, y'all, y'all got to help me this a little bit. I'm trying real hard not to get on the rampage like I did other night. You, you ever thought about? Have you ever, have you ever thought about you get up on the morning, and birds are you know why they're doing that? Because they were made by him for him. I had somebody ask me the other day, they said, do you reckon that birds can talk to each other? I said, I don't know if they care not. you reckon calves can talk to each other? I, said, I don't know if they care not. I said, I don't know if a coyote comes in the pasture, they'll, they'll let each other know and they'll all circle up and try to get the calves in the middle. I do know that, but I don't know if they talk to each other. I don't know if they just uh, communicate with primal, you know, emotions. If they just realize one of them's upset or, I said, I don't know if they talk." To each other. I had no idea. I don't have any idea about any of All things were made by him for oh, him. Yeah.
1: I did all my
0: heart, them birds get to singing, they're praising Him. I believe all my heart, them, them limbs get to sway, in, they're praising Him. All things were made by Him, for Him. He is the ruler of all. He holds sway over everything. There's nothing done that. Oh my! all no, you say, preacher, you're about to get off. You are about to say something? I'm not gonna lie. Uh, listen, you say, preacher, He holds sway over everything. Why does this happen? Brother Keeney said that a minute ago. Why does, or the Sunday school, why does people get cancer? Why do people die? Why do people get sick? Why do, uh, why are, why do babies pass away? Why do mamas and daddies split up? Why do things look like they do, preacher? I'll tell you why I'm not being ugly, because he lives it. He lives it. Mm-hmm. Bible said he that now let us will live. talk well, about the Holy oh, Ghost. You realize that, they, that the Holy Ghost, one of the jobs of the Holy Ghost is literally, while he indwells the believers, that he literally holds the evil back, if you will. He literally only allows so much uh, all things were made by him, for him, by, by him all things consist. He is the Almighty. Uh, he has sway over everything. Do you realize this morning, this evening that? that uh, that Satan and all the demons of the hell uh, uh, can only go as far as he uh, You don't write like it excites you. That excites me. Now listen, I can sit up here and tell you that you go down to the beach and uh, and I can tell you that water only goes as far as he gets it to. Well, you've shut your, your hair off going right up down the beach. Oh, that's amazing. But I'll tell you what amazes me uh, Satan and all the demons of hell only can go as far as he let them. Uh, he has sway over everything. Uh, that may not excite you, but it does me. Uh, now, the Bible said to me that uh, the perilous times have come, and you know, it'll worse than worse. Uh, I can't get right out there. It excites me, it puts a stirring up deep in my heart to see everything that's going on there. Uh, yeah, I know there's no signs, I know that uh, I know there's nothing that has to take place when come back. Uh everyone I need to look around uh, and think surely he won't get it much worse than me. That deep in my heart. He is the Almighty. He has sway over everything. He is superior over all. He is the Almighty, the Almighty John said. He, oh, my, John said, not only is he equal with God, not only is he self-existent, not only is he eternal, I will say that he is excellent. He's above everything. That? Oh, my, notice this. The word Almighty literally means the ruler of all, or he who hold sway over all things. Can I say it like this? He is supreme to all others. And i won't say this. not You know what I thought tonight? As I, I read that through verse 5 and verse 6 and verse, verse 7 and verse 8, every one of them portrays Christ. In fact, if I had time, I'd tell you this. Portray each, each one of those portions of Scripture <laughs> portrays them a little bit different. Can so we look at it real quick? Watch this. I won't say much, I promise. Verse 5, Jesus Christ was the faithful witness, first forgotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That's how the church sees it. All right. Yeah. On us, hath given us, hath made us, 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 that's how we see it. Verse 7, behold, he comes from the clouds and every eye shall see it. They also which pierced him in all kinds of the earth shall wail because of him even so amen. Right That's how the Jews will see him. All right, they'll see him come. He's coming to deliver them. He's coming to reclaim them after the after the, the tribulation period. But Nancy, they'll have they'll have the remorse and know it that they he came into his own his own received him not. Be reminded they pierced him. All right, what's this? And every kindred of the nation shall wail because of him. That's how the Gentiles will say. Three times a people. That was verse eight. What's this? Verse eight, watch what he said. I am Alpha, Omega, beginning the ending, saith the which is, which was, which is to come, the Almighty. There is no connection in verse eight to the church. From the Jew to the Gentile. None. No. No connection. Listen, the Jew and the Gentile never see him like, like we see him in verse 5 and 6. Because he hath not cleansed them from their sins in his own blood. They'll never see him like that. Revelation 5, one of them angels told John that the lion of Judah has prevailed to open the book. I said being turned, John looked in the midst of the throne, in the midst of the beast, in the midst of the 420 elders. So he saw a lamb as though it had been slain. It got interesting. That angel said, the lion opened the book. John said, Oh, I see so the lamb. That angel, wrong, didn't know anything about to being today. He saw him victorious. He saw him prevailing to open the book. But so John, speaking of the church, he said, I just see him like him. I see a lamb that's been slain. he said, he said, I see my redeemer. I see the one that lived and died for me. Say, we see him death. And everybody else and like, Gentiles never see him, like we see in verse 5 and 6. Verse, verse 7, the Jews see him coming to reclaim them, but they also see him as the one they rejected. Verse 7, the Gentiles see him as the one that smites the nation, rolls with a rod of iron, and I have his mouth of the sharp two-edged sword. The Bible said that all the nation shall wail because of him. That's how the Gentiles are going to see him. How the Jews are going to see him. How you and I see him. But verse 8, just having yes, is. Is that Doesn't matter whether you're Jew, Gentile, or church. He is Alpha. He is Omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. He which was, which he is, and which was, and which is to God, the Almighty. Does not matter, John, whether you believe it or not. He is. See, verse five and six, He hath cleansed us. That implies, Nancy. We understand. We understand enough up church, Doctor. to understand that implies He's writing to the church. Those who have believed, and because of that, we can see Him as our Redeemer. The Jews, those that that that. Are, that remain and remain faithful, don't take the mark of the beast during tribulation period. They'll see him as their. They'll see him come to reclaim. The Gentiles will see him as their punisher. But chapter verse eight doesn't matter which side of the picture or which three groups. He is Alpha. He is the beginning. Of the end. He is He which was and he is and is to come. He is the Almighty. Now you may not be getting that. That excites me. That means John, he is, he is self-existent. Whether you believe it, whether I believe it, whether anybody else believes it, he is self-existent. He is a third. Whether I believe it, you believe it, anybody else believes it. He is equal with God. He, whether we believe it or not. He right. is. And he is superior to all. He is Almighty. Not just Almighty. He is the Almighty. And answer whether we believe it or not. He said it several times this morning that's coming today. Where every nail bow, never toe confess that very thing. My, my, my. And I say this and I'll quit. I promise you, I'm quit right here. Every nail bow every confess that he is Lord. You know the sad thing tonight? I've seen people over the years, God dealt with their heart. And for whatever reason, I don't know, they simply refused to bend their will to them. Simply refused John just to trust and put their faith in them. I don't know why. I, I don't have any great elaborate story to tell. Chris. I don't know, but I've seen over here people just, just refuse. When you tell them their face, you just see the determination the that they will not bend to that. It's the sad thing if we live their life. And never confess them as Lord. There's coming a day they will. And it's been returned in hell. and ain't a shame? Amen. Boy, I saw him to that tonight. As a seven-year-old boy, I bowed on my knees and confessed he him as Lord. Give him my heart and life. What a difference it makes when you confess. Amen. I stand in faith. Because this the